You're listening to the Jack and Chill Podcast. Okay, Jack, for day today we're gonna to be talking about Day of the Dead, which is a traditional Mexican holiday. I guess I wanna ask you, do you know anything about Day of the Dead? Like what do you already know about it? Um, I know I know some things because I studied Spanish in in high school and we learned mm-hmm. about the Day of the Dead. And the most I've ever learned about it is from the movie Coco. And- oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> um not not the not most of the movie obviously um not the afterlife part but um you know just the like i think you mentioned this before in another conversation we had where you said it's such an innocent kind of family-oriented holiday and yet it to like the outsider you know people in america think of it as this kind of dark like halloweenish kind of um morbid holiday and right which is so weird to me yeah <laughs> well it's a total misinterpretation of, of what it is i think that's why they made the movie coco was to try to kind of uh dispel or dispense with the with that idea that it's like some kind of dark, just because of the name day of the dead, it sounds like a, you know, zombie. Like it's, it has like a, it sounds like a movie, you know, the day of the dead, the dawn of the dead, you know, but it's just like, it's not, it's a very innocent and lovely celebration of of your ancestors. And yeah. So tell us what it's about So I think Coco kind of gets it generally. It's like a, it's way more like folkloric than the actual holiday. Um, But it's really just a holiday about spending time with your family, remembering your loved ones who have passed on and you get to do a bunch of things with your family. Like you set up an altar, which is literally just, a, I think like also for us in the US, like altar has like weird witchy yep. demon connotations. And that's not what we have at all. It's like a table where that you decorate with the traditional flowers, which are marigolds. And you put Day of the Dead bread on there. And then you put things for your family members who have passed on that are going to visit you. Things that they really like, like their favorite drink or their favorite food. Um, you can put anything like that. And each day you go adding things to the altar. So for, it depends which part of Mexico you're from. My family's from central Mexico. So we celebrate it from October 28th to November 2nd. Okay. And the first day it's like children come and those spirits who died in tragic accidents. So the first day you just put out like water, milk, and you can put out like a piece of bread or something simple and then each day you go adding things on and the last couple days is when you put everything out like tamales bread fruit incense and favorite foods that they would have liked and that way that food doesn't spoil because it only sits out a certain amount of time right and at the end you all pray this is kind of like a the the holiday has pre-hispanic roots but it's now kind of come together with 
Spanish colonial rule, I guess. Like it, they fused these kind of holidays in a way. And so now you pray at the end of your Day of the Dead on November 2nd when the souls leave, you pray and take all the food down from the altar and then everyone gets to eat like the bread and different things that were sitting out that are still good. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to throw it away. You can still, I mean, it's a, it's a metaphor, right? Like, I mean, it's not that people don't believe that the spirits are really consuming this, right? Or. Yeah. Well, they eat the essence of it basically is what you believe. Yeah. And then you eat the actual food that's left. But they've eaten, they have enjoyed the essence of the food previous to you consuming. Right. And and it's like you, you're, you feel like they, their presence. I mean, let let me ask you this. I guess this is a question. On those days, do you feel the presence of your um, ancestors, your, your relatives that have passed on stronger than the rest of the year? I think so, but it's because you really have it on your mind. So you're doing everything in relation to that. And when I was a kid, I could hear, I could, I could, I swear I could hear like whispering and stuff. And so it felt like more real. And now as an adult, I, I think of it more as like, you feel their presence more strongly because you're thinking of them. Right. And everyone else is thinking of them. I feel I'm not trying to sound really woo-woo here, but like a really crazy or something, but I think we're all energy. So I think when we pass on, we continue to be energy, like energy transforms. It doesn't die out. Mm -hmm. So I think we're energy. We living people are energy and people who passed on are energy. And when we living people call that energy with our minds kind of collectively, I think it kind of reinforces that. Right. Merging death is, is a, a merging of, of the uh, back into the whatever, you know, living world. Yeah. Like wherever they get we came to from. It. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, you go, you go. I was just going to say, I, I do feel like they visit us during that time. And well, there's a great little story I did I already tell this one on here? I don't remember. The one about like the ocotes, which are little sticks that you light on fire. Mm-hmm. Did I tell the story? I'm not sure. No, I don't remember. tell it again. <laughs> if, yeah. Okay, we have bad memories here on the yeah. podcast, so you guys will have to forgive us if I already told the story. Um, there's a, a famous Day of the Dead story um from Tlaxcala, the region that my the state that my grandfather's from. Um, so there during Day of the Dead, like the five-day celebration, everyone in the villages and wherever isn't supposed to work. You get time off mm-hmm. in Mexico. So um, the like village was preparing for Day of the Dead and everyone was setting up their altar. And there was one family in particular that didn't believe that the dead actually visit. So they were like, aren't you going to set up your altar? Aren't you going to prepare? And they said, no, we're actually going to leave and go work in the city because no one actually visits. It's just like we, we it's like superstition or we just believe or think that and we spend it as a holiday, but no one is actually here. So everyone thought that was kind of strange, but you know, they're like, whatever. So these people, they didn't leave anything on their altar. They didn't leave any fruit or food. They just left these little pine sticks, I guess, with sap 
they're called mm-hmm. ocotes and when you light it on fire the ocote burns and there's like a lot of smoke that comes out but you can use it as a little like wick kind of like a wick to light Oh, right. To light other candles or things like that. Yeah. yeah. Or you can hold it and it lights itself. So you can like use it as like a natural candle, I guess. Yeah. So this family left um, the village and went to go work in the city. And on their way back at the end of the five days, they saw there was like this huge parade of people living, leaving the village. And so they were, they actually they squatted down behind some bushes. They're like watching these people go by because they were kind of mad because they thought that they village had, had a huge party without them. Um, and so everyone was leaving with these like baskets of food. And that's really typical in Tlaxcala. That's called the Itacate, which is when you leave a party, like a wedding or a baptism or something, you're given a basket of food oh. um, to take home. I like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah so um they thought the people were leaving with itacate and they didn't recognize any of the people so they're like spying and they're like okay well they left and no one even told us the village was going to have a party like that's so rude um and they were watching and they saw everyone marching by with baskets of fruit and bread and tamales and everything and at the very end of the line they saw these people with like soot on their faces just sadly walking away at the end and they're like what why are these people all like their faces are covered in soot um which is just like black ash and they're walking with these little like wicks which are okotes and as the people got closer they realized it was their relatives who had passed on actually Oh, and they were so startled by seeing they hadn't set anything up so their relatives were just sadly walking them back with the wicks like these wicks that were just burning sap in their face and it was like so sad um so after that then we set up their altar so i think that's like the story to say that in a way we really do believe they come and they take the essence of whatever we put on the altar for them back with them so they take the gifts of fruits and all and the food and everything they take the essence of that and then we just have the material object left it's like two planes of existence coexisting yeah during the holiday right right i that i i think i i kind of predicted the end of that story because it was like (laughs) well it's like a cautionary tale or not not even a cautionary tale but kind of like a uh you know it's it's a it's a time to remember and think about your relatives and they couldn't even spend any time just remembering right. thinking about them they were they were you know um yeah they weren't important enough to them to even think about for that time period so yeah. right they didn't take the holiday seriously and so that happened and so i think it's just something like you know take the time off you get five days off take it off think yeah. about your family spend time with your family and enjoy the holiday um and i think it is really hard for people I think even in, in Mexico, it's still super family ori- oriented culture, but I think when you have like a toxic family, I'm sure that stuff like that is even harder than in the U S because in the U S like we might feel a little lonely on Christmas. Honestly, I think most of the time if we have like toxic family in the U S we feel like relief on like Thanksgiving or Christmas, if we don't have to go, we yeah, don't have to show yeah. up to those events. Yeah. But I think in Mexican culture, like you really feel sad because it's, it's a kind of thing where everyone participates from the youngest kids to the oldest family members. 
And so it is kind of a bummer if you don't have a family, if you're an orphan or you don't have anyone to spend time with, or you can't make it back to see your family for any reason. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think that's, what's hard about it. Okay. Yeah. That's fa- I I love it because I, I think it's, it's all about, it kind of reminds me of Korea a little bit because Korea also has days where you, you um, pay respects to, your ancestors, right? By putting in uh, food and things like that on an altar. And again, I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that that the spirits are going to come and literally eat the food, but it's just like, it's just remember, it's like setting a, a place at the table for that family member that is lost so that we don't forget about them. We're, we're still thinking about them and they're still um important to us even though they're not physically here their essence their spirit is present and so i think that's that's a it's a beautiful sentiment and i i wish i wish we had that in uh in 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 the united states i mean i guess some people in the u.s probably do celebrate um the day of the dead but um, right you know, I mean, uh, we talk, I talked a little bit in a another episode of the pod, uh, sorry, in a, the, our other podcast, the A to Z English podcast. Um, I ta- was talking about how Halloween is kind of a, a mix of a Celtic pagan holiday and then mm. a Christian, basically a like Christian influence on a pagan holiday. Mm. And it just became this kind of thing that's like now called the all hallows eve or halloween and um and it incorporates some of the traditions from the pagan celtic holiday and then it also incorporates you know some of this like the idea of saints and things like that so it's interesting how you said it was a pre-colonial holiday like it has Mm. an essence of the um I don't know what you would call native, native. Yeah. Indigenous cultures are original. I think in Mexico, we call them pueblos originarios, which means like, I guess, first peoples, nations Mm -hmm. or like first people cultures. Yeah. And so that's where, so when, you know, this happens, I bet a lot, right. With some holidays, like it becomes kind of fused together certain elements of, of Christianity or Catholicism and and then the the first the the first uh first nations um traditions and and festivals and then something new kind of emerges is that which is that what you would say the day of the dead is is it's kind of like a, a combination of those yes, two things it is a combination and i think it has evolved a lot over the years and i personally don't agree with all the ways that it's evolved it's like also become a tourist attraction now i know i've talked about this before but it does get me every year even us as mexicans we like sell out our own culture because it's become really profitable to do so essentially and it's molding the culture like they have graveyard tours and they do like face paint where they like do skull face paint for the actual holiday and they have like altar building competitions, altar building competitions. <laughs> not what it's about at all. It's so annoying to me because it's just so it's become so capitalistic, and that's not at all what the, the holiday is about. Holiday. Yeah, yeah. So I, I try to tell people like, if you're going to celebrate it, if you want to celebrate it, 
make sure you're doing it in alignment with the spirit of the holiday. Do it respectfully. Yeah. Don't yeah. just come down and, uh, you know, woot, woot. I got my face paint and, uh, yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people say like, oh, well, Mexicans do that now too. And I'm like, yeah, they do. I don't agree with it. I also can't hate on people too much. Cause I get it. Like people need to make a buck and we're a cut. We're a poor country. So a lot of people just trying to make a buck any way they can, which makes sense because they depend on tourism. It fuels the economy, but it is frustrating because I I had a friend who once said, um, the culture sells, but we shouldn't sell out the culture. Mm. And I agree with that. It's like, I think that we could find a way to do it respectfully and strike a balance and still I think it's kind of a holiday that you shouldn't really profit off of, but I understand if you need to, I guess. And there's certain ways to do that respectfully, I think as well. But there are other ways that really exploits the essence of the holiday and just completely corrupts it into something that it's not, it's not like a second Halloween. Well, Um, that's what people think it is. It's like, like a, it's it's a a weird, you know, weird, creepy, little uh, morbid thing that we can go and and uh peek through a little gawk at yeah gawk yeah. at exactly there's a good word um and uh these people are celebrating the lives and remembrance uh you know of their lost relatives loved ones. Yeah, yeah loved ones so i mean have a little respect you know what i mean like I, I guess I don't yeah. know how far you could go. I mean, even the tours of the cemetery seems a little. Uh, here's another gauche, you know, like it's, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't agree with the tours of the cemetery. I think maybe the skull face paint is okay on not the actual days of the holiday, but if you want to do it, maybe before or after. Like if you want to do a skull face paint for Halloween, I think that's fine. It's a different holiday, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's not a way to celebrate day of the dead really. And yeah, I think just take a look at the tradition and like, just if you're going to visit during that time question, whether the way you want to participate in the holidays, you think it's really honoring the essence of it, which is a family tradition Mm -hmm. or whether you're just doing it for like a good time and you well, don't I really wonder, care. You know, how how Americans would react if, you know, a, a group of Mexican tourists were, you know, uh running through the cemetery during a funeral so they could see what a you know Yes, or like uh, you know, during um Memorial Day or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just kind like of looking at all the people putting blocking. flowers and taking pictures of them while they put flowers on the gravestones of their you know, of fallen soldiers or whatever, you know, like right people dressing up in like army gear, like, or, um, like wrapping themselves in an American flag, but they just have not, no idea. Like what is how they do <laughs> putting like camouflage <laughs> face paint on. <laughs> yes. And showing up on like a great, and then doing graveyard tour and taking pictures and stuff. I just, I do think it would be so awkward and weird. So it would it's just be an uproar, you know, people, I know. People, yeah. Yeah something to have in mind yeah yeah but you yeah well speaking about our 
loved ones who passed on. In honor of Day of the Dead, I was thinking we could probably talk about some stories about our loved ones who passed on. Yeah. If you have any to share, Jack, you know, I just lost my grandfather, so I'll probably be talking about him in a minute here. Um, how about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my I, I never really had dealt with um losing you know losing someone close until because when i was born my grandfather had already passed away on my father's side oh no maybe he died when i was like a year old so i i don't remember him and my grandmother had already died uh before i was born or or really soon after i was born so um i and then and then my my mother's father was um you know they he had issues you know uh drinking and stuff like that so he was in an old folks home and so i i know i met him like twice you know and it was just scary mm-hmm. you know just those old ho- going to a uh an old folks home is uh a very scary situation kind of yeah, yeah 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 it's really scary to go there and uh so i had my grandmother on my father's side but she lived to be 90 i believe 92 or years old or something oh, so wow she, yeah. but she passed away in like 2009 so she passed away over 10 years ago but um when i was in korea and my daughter was she got to see she got to see my daughter on skype that was one one really cool thing it was that with the uh she was she was you know slowly kind of deteriorating there at the end and she weighed very little and um but i remember they she they we had a they had to get together in america and my parents skyped in and she got to actually see my daughter uh, as a baby you know and and see uh you know and and i got to talk to her and that was really special and then um this one i i wasn't sure if i was going to talk about it on the podcast but i I will because um because i i had a i had two best friends in 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 my life uh high school best friend and a college best friend um and uh my college best friend uh passed away three years ago in 2000 i believe a little under three years ago i believe in uh during covid uh, in, not of covid but he passed away that was the first time that i ever experienced grief like like you know true all the way to the core grief of loss okay. you know um cuz you just never you know he was such a beautiful guy he was such a uh, such a close friend of mine we connected on such a uh different level it's it's like you're never gonna find that again you know right it's like it's it's unique you get one of those in a lifetime if you're lucky you know one of those relationships where you just banter back and forth and we would just laugh make each other laugh so hard and just pure joy when I was together, you know, like I couldn't wait to meet up with him, hang out with him. I knew we were going to have fun no matter what we were doing. And it was all, and we never had a, uh, 
we never had a disagreement. I, I can't, I, I, nothing, you know, just like it was always happy. It was always good. Right. And so, um, losing losing Monty was um, the yeah the 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 most pain. I mean, I I I know my grandmother is my family, but she had lived a full life. You know, she was ninety right ninety two years old. So you can celebrate that and say you had. She lived a long life, a good life. She was a, a a moral person. I mean, she just was. She had a loving family. She did. A, she was a great person. Um, but Monty was young. Yeah. You know, he was in his in his forties, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. So so when he passed, that that was um, the first time that I actually felt like uh, you know grief. And you know, I'm not a big crier. But I remember that, you know, um, and I couldn't go to his funeral because it was during coronavirus. So I couldn't I couldn't get out of the country like we had to, you know, two weeks of quarantine in America. And then there were a lot of restrictions. So I was able to watch his funeral. They 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 broadcast it um, because of covid on uh, on live stream. So. I remember watching it on on live stream, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, and 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 I wept, you know, like I I'm not a I'm not a crier, but I I wept like you know like I've never wept before, and and that was uh, hard to it's hard to imagine a future where that person is not there anymore to you know talk to and like. Um, it's, and, and everything is a little dimmer, like every, you know what I mean? Like food, it's it's a stupid metaphor, but like, you know, nothing is as enhanced as it, as it was because everything gets turned down a little bit just because of that loss. And I think that's part of grief. I think maybe it comes back, but you know, it, it, that's what it feels like. It just feels like nothing's ever going to be as good or as fun or as cool as it was when this person was part of it. And you take that one person away from, from the equation and everything becomes a little duller. And that's the way I felt for a long time. I think that was um, part of the reason why I started doing like a podcast uh, was to just distract myself from the grief of of that loss you know just like knowing this person's gone you know you you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have another another moment and and that that's hard to that's a hard pill to swallow that's a hard pill to swallow um but that's death and that's grief and i think it it uh if it the harder it hurts um the more you loved it, that person you know i mean that's the way i see it so yeah 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 and i know you just lost your grandfather so uh i know that's that's yeah. a tough one yeah that's a tough one i but similarly to you i he did live a full life he lived to be 90 and he had dementia um those last few years and when it comes to the end there when they're kind of wasting away as you said about your grandmother it it's almost like a I don't want to say a relief to to see them go, but you know they're in a better place, especially if you believe that they move on to a better place. But even if not, it's like it's a resolution to their life. 
and they don't have to continue suffering, which when they're older, you know, yeah. So right. like with my grand grandpa or your grandma, it's kind of like you don't, you know, they're not continuing to suffer and that they've had their full life and they had a really joyous life. And so it's like some kind of closure when they passed on in a way. Um, you do get a lot more of that clo- closure and a lot less grief and pain, I think, because you're kind of expecting it at any moment in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind and of so a, I think, yeah, it's a relief for, for no, them too, because they're suffering, right? Like they're right. Yeah. yeah. Like I think they feel, yeah, I definitely meant that. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you. They, I think they, it's a relief for them as well. They get tired from everything at the end and it's hard. And, um, yeah. I get that, you know, and I also, yeah, I mean, I, I have some great stories from my grandpa. I know he, he was missing a finger, <laughs> a pinky on one of his hands um and he had it was shot off when he was a kid um some kid uh, you know he he was born in the 1930s um he lived to be 90 and um when he was a kid another kid came up behind him and and uh didn't have the safety on his gun and actually went off it went off and shot him clipped his ear and shot him in the pinky Oh my shot God. his finger clean off and thank God he lit. He was fine. It, thank God it only grazed his ear and it didn't like shoot him in the head. Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't know that story. I didn't actually know the story until I was in my twenties. Um, when I was a kid, he would always tell us that an alligator bit it off or a crocodile bit it off. <laughs> and we really, we thought it did. And he would change the story, which made me really suspicious when I was a kid. I think I said, yeah. Grandpa, you change the story every time, you know, but um, <laughs> he would, you know, he said, oh, yeah, this crocodile bit it off. And um, my sister and I would joke about getting his finger back. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know and i just it was cool to me and then and then it was cool to me as a kid it's funny because like sometimes things that i guess he told me much later on in life that he was really self-conscious about his finger and and it was funny because i told him i always thought it was really cool yeah you know it's like sometimes things that we as adults think are grotesque for some reason or really self-conscious about kids really don't they don't have the same filters or the same worldview that we do right and so those things to be really neat just on the basis of it being different and kind of yeah, weird and yeah. cool exciting yeah so he said that and we've made him kind of happy that we thought it was really cool that his finger was missing <laughs> and uh as i grew older i kind of forgot like once i got into my teen years i kind of basically forgot about that and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that it came up so again for some reason. And he told me that he told me the actual story of what happened. And I was really surprised. I was like, well, that's kids for you in the 30s and 40s, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and 40s. yeah that, I'm sure that yeah. happens. You know, why was a kid holding a gun? You got to I know, right? Like yeah. for our ages, even your age and my age, it's like, oh, my God, kids unsupervised with guns. 
like real guns is like crazy but for them they were just having a grand old time out in the woods <laughs> so that was really wild um and and my grandpa was a history professor so he had a lot of really interesting stories i think sometimes he used to think i was bored by his stories because i would like start to doze off and it wasn't that at all i had like i got like asmr do you get asmr Jack? Yeah, yeah, I've 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 experienced that before. You just got very uh, the soothing voice of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a really soothing experience, and your brain's like tingling. Yeah, and that's how I felt when he talked because he would tell these really interesting stories about history, and he knew quite a lot about our family tree. Um, and I found that you know to be really interesting, and it was great to talk to him about that kind of stuff and. Um, he had a, he loved his grandchildren. He had a wall full of pictures of us. Mm-hmm. So many pictures of me when I was a little kid and whatnot. And, um, he, um, I was the youngest grandchild, I guess. Yeah. I was the youngest. They had one great grandchild technically because my cousins are a lot older than me. Yeah. They're like 12 years older than me or something. So their kid, my cousin's kid is not that much. He's my cousin's kid's only like six years younger than me or something. Yeah. So, um, he oh, had one weird. great. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my cousin's kid is like not that much younger than me, really. Yeah. Like really close in age. He had his kid like when he was eighteen or twenty or something too. So it's like right. there's a kind of thing there. Like, it's like the ages aren't too far apart. But um, so my grandpa did get to have like one great grandchild as well. Um, But besides that, I was the youngest grandchild. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just really great to spend time with my grandpa. And I miss him, obviously. And it's sad because towards the end, I didn't really get to, to... like convivir i'm trying to think of this word in english it's closure like, or something or no no it well it leads to that but it's like i didn't get to hang out with him really in the same way because i couldn't really hang out with him because he didn't sometimes he didn't even really talk he couldn't really talk anymore mm-hmm. um he was really his dementia really hit him hard and so at the end there i think it was like really hard for all of us to see him decline that much because he was he was a professor and he was a really knowledgeable guy. And so he, and he was frustrated too, because he couldn't really have the same kind of conversations that he used to have. And he, you know, there was a period where it was kind of cooler almost because he like remembered certain things that he hadn't remembered in a while. Yeah. And then, then as the dementia progressed, it was like, he just didn't remember much of anything anymore. And you couldn't really talk with him and stuff. Um, so in a way, like I said, when people are really old, when they pass on, you do get closure because you feel like, okay, well, they lived a full life. They lived a happy life. And then at the end, it's like their quality of life is decreasing. So you know that you almost both feel relieved that there's like that closure to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something beautiful about when a person gets to live a full 
you know, a full life when they've had a full life. You just no regrets, no, you know, um, a loving family, you know, people that, you know, adored them. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. I think even though, and yeah, it's, it's sad, um, to say goodbye, but yeah, for, for my grandmother, I felt like, you know, there, I don't think she had any regrets. You know what I mean? I think she, she really felt like she had lived the life that she wanted to live. And she had, you know, she was born in the depression, you know, grew up in the depression and then, um, you know, then through world war two and, you know, the fifties and sixties, my father was born in the forties, um, or yeah, late forties. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's different. Um, when, when it's, uh, when someone has had a full life, I, I find that it's, it's a, a bittersweet moment. Cause it's like, you know, you'd miss that person. You remember all those times you had together, but also, you appreciate that they had a full life, you know, like if I could get, if I could have a full life, like my grandmother, I'll be totally happy. You know, if I can make it, right. to You'll buy happy. that's a <laughs> huge win, you know, for me. So, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Do you have any stories about Monty that you'd like? Oh to share? my gosh, dude, we have so many stories. Um, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like some, uh, yeah, some that we can tell on the podcast here. Let's see. <laughs> no, um, when we yeah. get in too much trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I remember one. Like we, we used to. Um, we, there's such a, it's such a weird, like a kind of silly story. But we were we played basketball together. So Monty was the he was a a guard on our basketball team, a point guard. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or a, a number two guard. And I was the center for the team. And, um, and we, you know, when I transferred to that school, um, he was the first guy to kind of, you know, like, let me greet me in, welcome me into the group, you know, because it had there's already like kind of a, a, a group there. And he was the the uh, corollary you know he was the connection like he he brought me in and introduced you know got me introduced to the other guys and stuff like that and so we all all became friends and i became part of the circle and uh we would go on these long bus rides because we were the whole team is 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 we have to drive to the other university to play the game um you know our team was in saint paul minnesota but we'd have to drive to, you know, some place in, uh, I don't know, uh, South Dakota, you know, something like that it takes you know, 10 hours or eight hours. So we're spending all this time on these, in these vans, in these vans. And so we brought a little television way old, you know, the old TV that has like, a when you use the VCR, VCR tapes. Mm-hmm. And so we, Oh put, yeah. So I brought this big TV is this my this heavy TV. We put it in the uh, the the front of the the van so that everybody sitting in the back few seats could watch the watch a movie on a tiny little screen. And uh, we were watching Braveheart. And uh, oh, I, I remember. That movie. Yeah, I, was, I remember making fun of like, um, I don't know why it was. It was just uh, something silly like um, 
I said, wow, they, they used to wear a lot of burlap back in those days, you know, a lot of burlap <laughs> uh, clothing, you know, and I just kept hitting the button, you know, saying burlap and he was laughing so hard and everyone else thought it was so stupid. They're like, that's not even funny. We don't even get this joke, but he totally got right. what I was saying. And I just kept pushing the button again and again and again. And, uh, and we were just dying of laughter together, just the two of us and everyone else right. pulling their eyes, but we're just making fun of this movie. And, you know, and it was just, it's just, it, it, we had a million moments like that where it was just like, we only two people got the joke, but it, that was fine. Like that was the whole point, right. you know, you didn't need anyone else. Yeah, no, no. And if every, if everyone else got the joke, it wouldn't have been as fun. Like we, we almost right. enjoyed the annoyance of them not finding it funny, as funny as the joke <laughs> itself was. So, I mean, it's just like yeah. when you connect with someone and you're on the same, you're on the same wavelength and, and you just know that like, you know, you run into this person and you're like, wow, we are, you know, kind of like friendship soulmates, you know, like we're, 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 we're on the same exact wavelength thinking the same thing before the other person thinks it. That's a that's a rare thing to find in this world. And some people never find it. And I I found it twice. You know, I've got two uh, amazingly uh, good best friends. One has passed. Um, but, you know, um, that's uh, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's it sucks. I mean, there's just no way to to kind of describe it other than say it just really really sucks and uh and i miss him yeah a ton i miss him a ton mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm sorry about that i know that must be really hard i can't imagine losing like a peer because as i say it's kind of it's different when it's your grandparent or someone who's a lot older than you and lived a full life but someone who's appeared to you that you were really close to I had a peer recently pass away as well. And I was like really shocked by it. And we weren't close at all. It was just someone I went to high school with who I hadn't talked to since high school. Yeah. Um, And so I get it. It's like, I, I can't imagine it being someone I was really close to passing away and just knowing you'll never get those kind of moments together again. must be really hard. Yeah. There's something unnatural about it. You know, like you, you're I not know. supposed to, you're supposed to outlive your parents, you know? Right. Yeah. You're not supposed to die. Kids are not supposed to die before the parents. And whenever it happens, it's I, I think it's, um, you know, when you're, I'm a parent. I have a 15 year old daughter and I, you know, obsess about, you know, her well-being, you know, all the time. Right. I'm like, I you can't even take your mind to that place of like if something happened to her or my wife, you know. Like, what am I going to do? I I can't even go there. Like, it's too scary. Right. You know? But you hear about it on TV. You, you hear about it in podcasts and you, you hear about it, like, through Facebook where, like, a person you went to high school with died in a car accident or something. And you're like, yeah, that's insane. Like, you're too young. This is not supposed to happen. This right. Is unnatural. It's scary. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I know. Sad. Anyway, on to a more positive. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, not yet too sad about that one. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about holiday magic and how we experience it as children versus adults. Um, I'm curious, Jack, how has it changed for you? I feel like the older we get, the less magic there is in holidays. I know. I would love if you could just send me back for a, a minute of like Christmas when I was a kid. I don't, it was just absolute. it was like Peter Pan, you know, like there's just like fairy dust in the air, you know, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you feel like you can fly almost. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think that's what the holidays are for. At least the commercial holidays are, you know, I mean, we've, mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, Christmas has been secularized for the most part, you know, like um, all of our holidays have kind of been, you know, are more about like they're more for kids. Right. I mean, the Santa Claus story with the elves and the North Pole (laughs) and all that stuff is those are stories that we tell kids to make them happy to get, you know, it, it, it just invigorates their imagination and waiting right. for the presents and you know did santa drink the milk and eat the cookies that you left out for him and you know the mystery and mystique of the whole holiday is fun i mean it's like when you watch a movie you don't want to know the ending right it's like the the right. mystery and the mystique is the whole point of entertainment and why why things are fun and so mm-hmm. um but once you get older and more cynical and you you know realize <laughs> that this holiday is not for you um but you know it, it kind of turns into something else too like you know it becomes um something a little bit deeper more meaningful but less fun and, and if that makes sense yeah. it's not about the fun in my 20s it was more about the family um bonding you know, connecting right. with my family and, and, and my friends too. Cause you know, I would hang out with my family on Christmas, but the, the other holiday, the other days that were off, I was off with my friends running around, you know, doing stuff. Right. And that was more fun than, you know, probably hanging out with my family. Um, once I had my own family, it was really fun to go back and do the Santa thing with my daughter and, you know, it's watching her open presents and, you know, show like, you know, recording and video. What did you get? You know, ah, I got this and that and whatever. And, um, you know, that was fun for a while. And now, you know, again, we've kind of outgrown that as a family. And so Christmas is, you know, just uh, we'll go out to eat or something like that. But we don't even really do the presents or anything. You know, my daughter will just say, I want new AirPods, you know. All right, let's go to the store. We'll buy you some new AirPods and there Merry Christmas. You know, it's not All we right. don't do the whole the whole thing anymore. So, I don't know, what about you? Do you guys still get way into it? Um, no. I mean, holiday magic has kind of gone away because I realized how much effort it, it is for the adults and mostly for the women because now for like holidays, I'm the one making most of the meals or most of the food, which I mm. is hard on me. And then last year, I just spent Christmas with my boyfriend. I didn't go see my parents or anything. 
And my sister didn't either. No, and it was just my my parents alone, and my and my sister didn't go. I was in Mexico, so it's like it was just too much of a hassle to fly back and too expensive. Yeah. And my sister was like in Ohio, but I guess decided not to go or something. <laughs> I was like pretty lazy, so I just made food and my mom had bought like a sweater and a couple things for my boyfriend that I gave him. I didn't even buy him anything and he didn't buy me anything. So it was like, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> and it was just kind of, it was what it was. I think that was probably the worst Christmas I've ever had. It was just kind of bleh as a kid, any little gift that you get is so special. And now in order for me to be impressed, I'd need like a, a 20 day trip to France or something to yeah, yeah, feel yeah. something like, yeah. wow, this is special, you know? Yeah. No, we don't do the presents really. And in, in our family at all, we, we just, you know, we'll, we'll go out to eat and we buy our daughter something, but my wife and I don't exchange presents because we're just like, it's my money to buy. It's like using our money to buy me a present and using our money to buy her present. Why don't you just buy what you want to buy and I'll right. buy what I want to buy? Why do we have to buy it on Christmas? Can we just buy it when we need it? You know, and it's just it's it's pure practicality, just prag- pragmatism, which is not what Christmas is about. But actually, I think actually the true meaning of Christmas is more about pragmatism and practicality and the commercial meaning of Christmas is spend, 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 uh, which is, you know, what the corporations and the companies want you to do is just go buy something you don't need and you don't really want because you feel some obligation because of the holiday. And I think that's actually really stupid. So we just kind of don't do that tradition. And a lot of people would call us, you know, Uncle Scrooges or uh, Grinches, you know, for being that way. But you know, I'm, there's just there are things we we would rather spend our money on, save our money and spend it on than just doing it out of some sort of weird cultural obligation. Um, we just I don't I don't and I don't feel it very much because I'm here in Korea instead of in America, where I think the pressure is much stronger to spend that money. So. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's it's yeah. a time for family. It's a time time to eat, you know, maybe an extra yeah. thousand, two thousand calories, you know, something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let us know how things are in your country, your part of the world. Or for you as an adult, our listeners, let us know. Do you enjoy Christmas? How do you celebrate Christmas? Which holidays do you celebrate? Have they changed as you've gotten older? Um, yeah, let us know. Shoot us an email at jackandchillpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at a to z Englishpodcast.com and uh, leave a comment down below. And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.